Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards. We're back again to look over all the action, but it's not really National League action this week that we're looking at. It's the FA Trophy. All the National League sides came in at this stage on Saturday, and there was a few shocks, a few drew, but a few games went the distance and they didn't have replays. We'll get onto that later about which games did and which games didn't. Uh, We're going to look at all the upsets, who comfortably got through, who got postponed, things like that. Joining me to look at it today, it is Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke. And we've also got Dickie Wharton as well. Hello, Dickie. <laughs> oh, Dickie's gone. It's just said he's gone. Where's he gone? Anyway, I'll uh, I'll come back to him. And we <laughs> we've also got a special guest as well on the line today. It's Scotty Davis of Slough Town. Hello, Scotty. Hi, chaps. How are you? I'm really good. We're looking forward to all the over all the action. From the weekend. So the early kickoff, the first game in the FA Trophy completed on Saturday. It was a local derby and it finished Chesterfield nil, Notts County 1. And uh, a bit of a grudge game there. The sort of game that you'd want at this stage of the trophy. But it was Notts County prevailed and they're carrying on Chesterfield's woes. Yeah, they do, Luke. And um, there's a couple of alarming things about that one for me. I expected Notts County to progress. They're in the battlefield. Darker and darker times for Chesterfield, not just on the pitch, but in the ground. Now, I know the crowds take a hit for FA Trophy Day, but bearing in mind the size of those two clubs. And there were 330-odd Notts County fans there, but the total crowd um, at the Pro Act, uh, 931 yesterday. So uh, I think the uh, Chesterfield supporters voted very much with their feet for that one. Uh, Yeah, Notts County progressed there in... Decent form, but they uh, they paid a bit of a price. Slocum, the goalkeeper, uh, got a nasty injury, as did um, uh, Jim O'Brien. Uh, they'll both be out for a little while now, so uh, that will hamper their playoff push. But uh, progression at the first attempt for Notts County. Looking at the uh, the biggest upset of the day, it was it finished dark in three. Bromley nil. Now, I'm not sure what sort of a team Bromley put out, Scotty, but Darkin have been going really well in the National League South, and that was a big result for them. Yeah, they were a really good side, um, good footballing side, and I think they're used to playing on their pitch. I know that Bromley have got an artificial one as well. Darkin's um, one is actually very, very slow. It's a lot of rubber crumb, and it's, it's not the most ideal, but um, they play the surface really well. They've obviously got um, some really good players for this level now. I think they've obviously spent a fortune in terms of their budget. And to be honest, like, if results like that don't really surprise me. I know how good the Conference South sides can be on their day. Um, and I don't think the gap's as big as it maybe used to be anymore. So, yeah, no, they're obviously on a roll. And obviously one of the big upsets of the day for sure. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, Darkin, as we know, have, they've, done, they've done quite well this year. Do you think they're going to stay up there? They've, they've obviously kept a lot of the side that they had last year, but uh, they've sent out a statement with that result, I think, haven't they? Yeah, they've got a massively um, experienced squad. One of the players that's there is um, a player called Jason Pyre, who you'd know well, I'm sure, from being on the non-league scene. Um, but for me, he's a, he's a really, really good striker. I think, when you've got players of his experience in his sort of calibre, um, to go with like the defence um, as well, they they signed a few good players from Hamilton Waterloo, I think, in the summer. Um, so, yeah, no, they've got a really good side. And what they've got to add to that as well um, is some really young, tricky wingers. Um, a lad that I really like the look of down there, someone called McShane. Um, very, very good player. And I think they've got a sort of good blend, a good mix of, um, of what you need to do well in the league. Absolutely, yeah. Looking through some other results, especially involving... 
Looking at the other results, especially involving the northern sides, Dicky, the one that stands out is obviously Kettering losing at FC United by two goals to one. The other one that really stood out in terms of a National League side crashing out was was Boreham Wood losing 2-0 at Royston, and that must have been a bit of a shock for Luke Garrard. I, I should say so. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't really believe, you know, sometimes when a team loses, people start saying, oh, they didn't want to do well in that competition. Everybody wants to do well in every competition. And Garrard has had picked up a bit of momentum for his team recently with Bournemouth. They were up to ninth in the National League table. But, so congratulations to it's Adam Murray, I think, not Andy Murray, um, who got a couple of goals. I mean, he's come back in the tennis world, Andy Murray, but I think he's probably stopped short of playing. Uh, playing play 90 minutes of football but um, Adam Murray with both goals for Royston and nice for them because the shoe was on the other foot a month or two back wasn't it when they were giant killed themselves by Molden and Tiptree uh, out of the FA Cup so uh, nice nice little uh, result there for Royston and uh, you know that's not too far really between Royston and Borenwood either probably less than half an hour driving between the two so uh a real bit of uh, a local uh, uh, Philip for, for, for Royston. Absolutely, and, and the other one, Scotty, quite a surprise. Dulwich Hamlet, they lost They lost 1-0 at Hornchurch. I mean, did you see that one coming? Well, you know, I've got a couple of mates at Hornchurch, um, and yet again, I know how good they can be. Um, Chris Dixon and uh, Matt Johnson are down there, so um, they're another side that I fully expect to be at the top of the league when it comes back to sort of like the league form. Um, but to go to a place like Dulwich, I think it's very much... Even Stevens, in terms of like the leagues these days, there's not much difference between um, the conference, the conference south, and then obviously from the south to the one below. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think Royston was probably the result of the day for me. Uh, I've got a few mates that play down there, and uh, they turn over Wildstone now, and now Boreham Wood. Um, and you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to get an away tie at Royston. That's for sure, because it's not the easiest place to go and uh, and play your football. It's quite tight and uh, like narrow pitch. So, um, yeah, they obviously played play conditions well down there. So, a game that caught my eye, Dickie, a result certainly, was was Kettering losing at FC United by two goals to one. And uh, a massive shot, that, considering Kettering's recent form. Yeah, Kettering had been in uh, really good form since Paul Cox took over at the end of October. They'd uh, unbeaten in all competitions but until yesterday. Um, but, yeah, they came and stuck at FC United two goals for, is it Tunde Oalabi? That's it, yeah. Um, that's it, yeah. He, um, he turned down and moved to Chorley quite recently as well and another two goals uh, for him will um, mean he's he continued to catch the eye uh, yeah Luke Graham got a goal back for Kettering but I think the damage was done by then and Paul Cox was pretty annoyed afterwards uh, judging by his comments said that the the mindset his players displayed was not the mindset he'd been trying to sort of like instill into them um, and basically said he was bitterly disappointed FA Trophy's a competition he loves and, and they're not in it anymore Another result that stood out is Reese Barnborough there, struggling down at the bottom. They met Steve Courage's Salisbury, and in the end, it finished a draw. And I don't think East Barnborough will fancy going to Salisbury on Tuesday night, will they? Yeah, no, definitely not. I think um, Salisbury are like a sleeping giant, aren't they? They've obviously got potential to be big. Um, remember playing against them for all the shot back in the day. On I think it was on a Tuesday night, and the size of the club with the uh, fan base, um, they're like another sleeping giant themselves. So um, Eastbourne are in a bit of turmoil at the moment. Um, also got a few old teammates that play down there now. Um, but yeah, they just can't seem to get a run of things at the moment. We've seemed to have played them in the FA Cup in the last few years. We've seemed to have drawn them every time. So um, we've managed to knock them out. And I think sometimes when your league form's going badly and 
you're sort of just trying to survive. Um, a cup run can do you really good um, in terms of your confidence and just getting a win, winning mentality again. Um, I'm always one for trying to get as far as I can in the cups. I know, like you mentioned earlier, some clubs will say, oh, it's not the end of the world getting knocked out, we can concentrate on the league. But how many, chan- how many chances in your life do you get to go and play at Wembley? You've got to try and take them, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely, Scotty. And, and you'll know as an ex-Aldershot town player that, that the Aldershot have never got there. We'll come on to them in a minute. But um, just going back to that Tuesday night, you played down at Salisbury for Aldershot. It wasn't the one live on TV 4-0 when Johnny Grant got a hat-trick, was it? It was, mate. It was. The Tuesday night at Salisbury. So, um, And then there was fans on the pitch when they were all kicked off. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. And, 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 and Luke, please forgive me. I've got to get mention of an Aldershot win into this podcast somehow. Well, yeah. Um, well, it was a bit of a... Um... Bit of a name chatter, so I don't know whether I'll keep it in or not. <laughs> well, you know what? We talk about the FA Trophy. We lost in the semis that year, and um, I cried my eyes out like an absolute baby when I got home because I was 19 at the time. Like you say, when you're sort of 90 minutes away from Wembley, um, you just think to yourself, like, that's that's everyone's dream. Do you know what I mean? That's the pinnacle to go and play there. Um, so when people sort of like throw away these comments about not wanting to go too far in the, in the trophy. For me, it's, it's, uh, it makes me angry, to be honest. Yeah, it's... Um, it, it, both, all teams should like try and go out to win it, really. It's annoying. It always ends up being a team who's in mid-table, and, and it was somebody I was going to look at. Torquay, for example, they beat Aldershot 5-1. A, a great result for Torquay. Not so good for, for Rob, obviously, but it's one of those results where I see it and say... A talkie, maybe somebody you'd fancy to win the trophy this year because they're definitely not going to go down. Are they going to get in the playoffs? I don't really know. So a talkie, someone you could maybe put in a conversation of winning the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, it was a double whammy for Torquay yesterday because they'd lost five or six on the bounce um, and they needed a response. They needed to get back to winning ways. And uh, uh, I have to say, I hate to say it, but so many teams have ended long runs where they've not been able to get a win with, with wins against Aldershot and uh, it's very, very annoying and frustrating and uh, it means they get a bit of a reputation as a little bit of a soft touch, you know. All three cup competitions this season, Aldershot have been at least two goals down in the first 20 minutes and out in the first round and, uh, you know, it's very, very frustrating but from Torquay's point of view, 100% if they get the momentum going, they've got the goal power of Jamie Reid and they, they back it up a little bit with some more striking support for him as well and uh, absolutely Torquay United probably for me would be now one of one of my top probably six picks to win to get to Wembley and win the FA Trophy. Mm, and also somebody else who'll have an eye on it uh, Halifax Halifax they won by four goals to nil against Wrexham really good win for them they, they've not been in the best form either and Wrexham I know they'll probably maybe have one eye on, on getting further up the table but still it's a, it's a decent result that for Halifax. Yeah they've waited a little for that one they've not been in great form Wrexham of course have had two wins on the bounce down the National League which is massive for them it's pulled them away from the bottom but uh, you know proving that on their day they can be a soft touch as well and uh, you know Halifax uh, are a team not to be messed with or taken lightly are they obviously they've been up the top end of the National League for most of the season and the buffers just hit the buffers a little bit of late but uh, you know you, you can scroll these results and, 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 and cast your own opinions you can delve deeper and Anybody's got 
leave you out and rest you for this one. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Um, what you tend to find as well, you might give squad players a bit more of a go in the trophy, but as soon as it gets to sort of like the quarter-final, you think, Christ, we've got a chance of winning it. We go full strength. Another team who aren't in it, Adolva, they went to the, the league leaders of the National League North, Kings Linen lost, well, it finished 2-2 in ordinary time. It was the only game on Saturday that went the distance. They played a penalty shootout afterwards, which is, we'll get on to in a minute, everyone's thoughts on that. But another scalp for Kings Lynn and another disappointing result for Dover. Yeah, um, I suppose it's in some senses, maybe less of a shock than, than it looks, bearing in mind how well Kings Lynn are doing. But, you know, whenever you beat a team from a higher division, you know, it's an upset, isn't it? And, and Kings Lynn are just going tremendously well at the moment. They um, think they're bemoaning some injury issues. Uh, they gave a list of walking wounded. They said it um, almost kind of limped out of the treatment room to take part in the game yesterday. But they won again. And, yeah, they're just on a tremendous roll at the moment. What a turnaround that was as well. Obviously, uh, you know, there's only extra time and penalties if both clubs agree to it. They must have both done that, and Kingsley pretty much out of it going into the 90th minute. They get themselves a goal to force extra time, and then the penalty shootout, you know, that's the lower-ranked side away from home. It doesn't happen too often, um, and it just shows what momentum they've got at the moment, Kingsley. Uh, a, tremendous, uh, a tremendous win for them, because Dover uh, are no pushovers. Yeah, they, they, I think they've got huge belief at the moment. I've spoken a number of times on here about the, the number of games they've won, having come from behind or with really late goals. Did both again yesterday. So, yeah, the the, the, the belief that that's, uh, they've got at Kings Lynn at the moment is fantastic. And um, I know ahead of the Christmas schedule, I think they've got Boston United, who are also in tremendous form, um, home and away over the Boxing Day New Year period. So, that, that, yeah, two really big games to look forward to there as well. What What are your thoughts, guys, on the you know it being played on the day? Does it kind of take a bit of the magic out of the uh, the FA Trophy, thinking it w- will go the distance and and go go to penalties on the day? I don't think so. I I, I think that um, as a as a fan, if you like, I would I would rather it was settled on the day. Um, fans have to dig in their pockets enough to go and watch matches, let alone, you know, it's more frustrating when it's inconclusive and it's got to be a replay. Obviously, sometimes the teams um, that are away from home might think they've got a better chance at home. It might be an opportunity for another home game. But um, it is, it's down to them. I mean, Dickie, you've been looking at it a little bit, haven't you? Obviously, it's um, it's down to uh, the two sides to agree. And, 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 and some teams, you know, with, with injury crises or other injuries or suspensions or whatever might just want to get it done on the day yeah absolutely I mean um but my club, Telford, are one of the uh, the teams that have had to consider this. Um, our game was postponed yesterday with Lamington. It's being played on Tuesday night, assuming that, um, that the water logging on the pitch can be sorted. And, yeah, they've already agreed that that's going to be finished on the night. I think the difficulty is where they're going to fit another fixture in. I think they were speaking possibly either about having to move a league fixture from next Saturday, which is away at Chester, which didn't sound like they were that keen on doing, or the the next free day after that was January the 7th, which is only four days before the next round is due to take place. And, you know, if you get through, football administrators haven't got an awful lot of time to sort out, you know, all the arrangements for for another game four days later when you don't know who you're necessarily going to be playing. So, um, 
I can understand why they've made that decision. But then Atherton Collier is their game with Barrow is off. Um, I've spoken to somebody from Atherton um, today, and they've said that that they're going for a replay. They said if it's not settled on Tuesday, they'll they'll have to find another date because they they want that second chance at it. Well, if only we we've got the opinion of a of, of media and, and fans. If only we had a player on the podcast that we could talk <laughs> to about this thing. Oh, hang on a minute. What do you reckon, Terry? Yeah, for me, I think it's a case of a fixture pile-up, um, especially you know, it's like after Christmas where games are postponed because of the weather and you try and fit them all in. And I think the more games, is just like, obviously becomes an issue. So for me, I would like to see maybe extra time and then to penalties um, on the day. I think you make a valid point about um, leaving the game with it being inconclusive when you you don't get a result. And not everyone can go to the replay. Um, do you know what I mean? If it's a bit of a trek and people have to go on Tuesday night, you think, well, you've paid your money to go and see a draw in the cup. You want to see some sort of celebration or uh, misery. Do you know what I mean? If you're on the losing side. So, um, yeah, it's one of those. So, for me, I'd like to see uh, extra time and penalties um, get it done and then uh, crack on to the next round. There we go. Two or three teams who uh, will have to have a replay. The biggest one was was Matlock against Charlie. Two division difference there. Matlock were two 0 up late on. Dickie weren't he? Charlie Charlie were two 0 down, and he had a man sent off as well. But they managed to get a draw in the end. Yeah, they did. Charlie were um, were looking down the barrel there yesterday. Um, they went they went two 0 behind at Matlock, as you say. Um, uh, managed to get a goal back, but then had Martin Smith dismissed for a, a second yellow card. So the the odds were were stacked against them. Then you would have thought. But uh, yeah, a, a really late equaliser in that game from Chris Holroyd um, has got them a replay. And um, yeah, Matlock Town go by the name of the Gladiators. They didn't get their vengeance yesterday. Will they get it in the next game? We'll see. <laughs> a couple of Desmonds to talk about. The first one, Dickies Darlington away at Solihull Moors, and they were ahead twice in that game. They were. Now, this is a really strange one because it's only just over a month ago um, that Darlington uh, got a 2-2 draw in the West Midlands in an FA knockout competition. And that was away at Walsall in the FA Cup. And, uh, you know, just a few miles along the M6 yesterday, and it's a very, very similar tale. Darlington ahead yesterday um, through Will Hatfield, but then two goals for Solihull from Sam Jones and Jake Beasley looked like they'd got them in control. But a late equaliser again, the same as it was at Walsall. And Jack Lambert, uh, who's on loan to the Quakers, got an 85th minute equaliser. Um, and that means they'll replay on Wednesday night. Tim Flowers, pretty annoyed with his Solihull team for letting that one slip. Um, wasn't happy at all. And uh, yeah, Darlington have got to be thrilled with the, the, the chance to, to take a big scalp on their own ground on Wednesday night. And the other one as well, Southport went up to the northeast to face the Northern Premier Division leaders, South Shields. And quite a decent result that for Southport because South Shields are a really good side at home. Yeah, they are. Southfield, um, they just missed out on um, promotion in the playoffs last year. Um, they are a strong team. they got really good support and a lot of financial support going in there. Um, and it, it seemed almost inevitable that the, one of the, the central figures in that game yesterday was going to be Jason Gilchrist. Uh, he played for Southport last season um, and part of the season before he was brought into Southport by Kevin Davis when he was the manager for FCUM. Finished top scorer in the National League North that season, but didn't kick on under Liam Watson. Don't know whether he just couldn't adjust to playing a different role in a Liam Watson-style team. Um, ended up going to Stockport at the end of last season on loan to sort of bolster their promotion bid. And again, didn't really feature that much. So took the, the move to South Shields in the summer. Um, and yeah, he gave them a 2-1 lead yesterday. They um, 
Southport were taking the lead through Jack Sampson. Gary Brown equalised in the second half. Gilchrist had them ahead on 73 minutes and it looked like that was going to be the big headline. But um, then Raul Correa scored with just nine minutes uh, after Gilchrist's goal, just about 10 minutes left on the clock. And it's a 2-2 draw and it's back to Southport on Tuesday. Guys, another one you might be interested in it was... Barnet against Weymouth. Weymouth going well this year, Scotty, aren't they? And he went to Barnet. They had a man sent off, did Barnet, but the, and eventually the high division team prevailed by two goals to one. Yeah, they're a really good side, Weymouth. Um, a lot of young players that could make the step up again, um, whether it's one or two leagues. I know Brandon Goodship's done it um, in the last year. He's obviously gone to South End and he's starting most weeks now in League One. So, um, yeah, they've got a hell of a lot of talent down there. Um, I would have actually expected them to cause an upset at Barnet. Um, I would have fancied them on a decent surface. They're a good football inside. Um, Mark Moses has gone playing really, really well. So, for me as well, he's. I know he's obviously still uh, working at Bournemouth and, and doing the Weymouth job as well, but I can see him um, moving into the Football League at some point. He's obviously got age on his side um, and actually running a first team somewhere because uh, he's implemented his style of play really, really well and they're a good team to, uh, to watch and not an easy team to play against either. So, um, yeah, no, I, I fully expected them to get a result, but obviously just missed out by the goal. couple more results to look at, Dickie, and uh, a couple of surprise results, really. Bradford Park Avenue, they played Hales-Owen, and uh, there's a there's a big gap between those two teams as well, but Hales-Owen got a good draw at Bradford Park Avenue. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, Hales-Owen are in the Victor Southern League uh, Central Division 1, so, yeah, there's, there's a, a two-division gap between the teams. Um, but they, they gave as good as they got yesterday at the Horsfall Stadium. Um, Bradford led through Lewis Knight. Um, Hazel and equalised Rob Evans. Then they went 2-1 up through Ash Salmons. It looked like um, Avenue were in a bit of a cul-de-sac there. But then Keith Lowe, a uh, very experienced player, headed in late on to, to level the tie. And then Avenue almost won it late in the game as well. Andre Johnson hit the post. But um, yeah, they're going to have to come, come back down. Uh, to Hales Owen on Tuesday night for a replay um, and I can't imagine they're looking forward to that too much because uh, yeah Hales Owen going quite well this season under Paul Smith there yeah they've, uh, they've got a good record at home they ran Aldercombe close in the FA Cup as well Hales Owen so it'll be a, a feisty atmosphere for Bradford won't it yeah, I would think it would. Um, um, the Grove is a, a stadium I've, I've been to a few times um, to watch Hales Owen, and um, yeah, they'll 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 pack that one. Well, not pack it out, but they'll they'll get a good crowd in for that one. I would have thought they uh, they'll fancy their chances of taking another scalp there. And a the game you went to with Telford being called off. It was Hensford nil, Chester nil. Hensford, who've been in a bit of bother this season against Chester, been going well. So a bit of a, a it's a really good result that for the home side. Yeah, it was. Um, unfortunately, I think I picked about the only tie that, that finished with no goals in the, in the whole of the uh, the FA Trophy first round. But um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting game. Um, bit of a war of attrition, really. I think Chester were the better side, had the better chances, um, but but Hensford held out. And I say Hensford are going very well um, at the moment in their division. And uh, yeah, it was a game that I don't think Chester. They were disappointed. I think they would. Um, they they felt they could put the game away. Um, on the day, but they're going to have to replay on Tuesday. Um, I had a, a quick catch-up after the game with uh, with Simon Grant from Chester, and that was certainly a feeling that he expressed. So a goalless draw for Chester today at uh, Hensford Town in the FA Trophy, and I have Simon Grant with me. Um, Simon, turned into a bit of a battle that game in the end, I think. Yeah, I think it was always going to be like that, especially when it's uh, these cup games and you're against 
an opposition who are in a lower league, you've got to show them that respect because if you don't win the battle at the end of the day, um, you'll, you'll lose these games and, and you can't afford to think that the quality will come shine through. It's all about showing them respect and putting the work rate in and I think we had enough chances to probably win three games today but it just didn't happen. I was going to ask, were you obviously disappointed not to put them away today? Yeah, like I said, I think it's probably even more frustrating because it's it's been the last couple of games that that's happened now where we've created so many good, really good chances and we've just not took them and stuck them away. So, um, yeah, it's probably one of them when you go for that dry spell and you never know, someone could end up on another day, it could end up being four or five. So, especially from our end, like me and Danny at the back, who, when we look, we've got to carry on doing our job and, and keep keep it tight at one end of the pitch and hopefully the lads at the other end can go get back on the scoring form. Another game that you presumably could do without, but you've got to play on Tuesday. Yeah, it is, especially at this, t- this period in the year, you know what I mean? It's always busy with fixtures and, and they get on top of you, so it is it's something that you could do without, but again, it, it's a case of now go get a win Tuesday and you never know, it's not that bad. We've built on... We lost last week, we come, we pick up a draw and then you're going to win and it just creates that winning mentality and hopefully that creates a good run going into the Christmas period now. You've got some big games coming up over that period, I think it's uh, Telford next week, one of your former teams and then Southport, another of your former teams home and away. Yeah it is and I think we're quite fortunate this year, not with uh, travel wise over Christmas, there's normally always one thrown in there where you get that longer longer one normally in between Christmas and uh, New Year but um, we're quite lucky with the way the fixtures have fallen so they're either we've got home games or not too far to travel so, but the way this league is, it's ruthless, and um, it only takes a couple of defeats, and you drop far down the table, and a couple of wins, and you're back right back up there in contention. So um, it is. It's always is the most important period in the season, I think. And if you can come out of it, like I said, maybe a bit of a run of form, even if you don't win all your games, as long as you can keep keep picking up points and keep that winning mentality going more than anything, I think um, you come out of it with a good running, looking looking up rather than looking down. Sean, you've got that experience, obviously, having been so successful at this level in the past, you know you know, you know where you need to be at that, that point in the season, don't you? Yeah, it is, and it's a case of we've got a couple of teams up there who, who are flying at the minute, so it's not just a case of concentrating ourselves, it's keeping in touch with them as well, because you can't afford to let someone get too far away, because it's a big gap to make up, you know what I mean, but I think we're um, taking a bit of positive out of where Stockport were last year and, and you look this time last year, I think the gap between them and Chorley was bigger than what it was between like us and Kings Lynn now, so um, that's got to be a positive if you look what they did and the run they went on that it is possible to do. And just to close and just um, touch on another one of your former teams is it nice to see Barrow doing well in the top of the league above? Yeah, they're brilliant and like I said I know there's been a lot of interest with the manager there Ian and um, He's gone in and done a fantastic job and, again, look what they're doing at the moment. I think it's not only the results they're having, I think they're playing some really attractive football as well at the minute and he's getting the plaudits for that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice seeing a, a Palomar's just gone in at Carlisle as well as manager Chris Beach. So it'd be nice to see Carlisle and Barrow both up there. And that was Simon Grand and a really good chat there with Dickie. We're going to move on now and have a quick look at the league or A-League fixture that took place. There should have been one in the National League North and one in the National League South. Alverton against Gloucester was called off. However, in the South, it finished Dartford 3, Billericay 2. And uh, a good result, that, for Dartford. And Steve King's starting to work his magic there, isn't he, Scotty? Yeah, he is. I was going to say, he always seems to um, get results and do well. Um, the other one that I've been really impressed with is just the way he's conducted himself in his own heart. Um, I say, like... Um, I think a lot of people got him wrong at the beginning, um, and he's, he's come across really well. 
Um, we played against Billericay maybe six, seven weeks ago. Um, we won 3-1. Um, and he was very complimentary towards us. And um, I think if you give him a season or two at Billericay, I think they will get to the heights that maybe people expect them to. Um, the actual core of their squad, uh, they've got some really, really good players. And I think now they've um, got the stability they need. Um, but Dart, for me, yeah, I think they're obviously um, a club that have been in and around it over the past few years. Um, and it's sort of lingering at the moment um, down the bottom somewhere mid-table so yeah I think he uh, I think he will get it right and just talking to Billy Rick I mean when Jamie O'Hara went in there everyone thought it was like a gimmicky signing but it's good that he's kind of taken over the managerial reins and he's cutting his teeth at that level as well yeah I think it's good that um, people are sort of stepping away from playing and getting involved in management now um, at a younger age I like to see people move with times and I think there's too many uh, older managers and I think times have moved on a bit now uh, and I think it's good obviously I think he's only 32, 33 so the fact that he started young uh, will only go well in the future I think um, obviously Sammy Moore is another um, example of that at Hemel um, so this is what, his second or third season in management now um, and it's something that I'd like to do in a few years time I don't really want to be a coach but I feel as though I've got the um, attributes to manage players and be able to talk to them try and keep them on side I uh, just need a good coach next to me now, that's all. Rob, do you fancy it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I've been involved in football at um, a number of different levels out of the season in management, but uh, I love what I do on the media side of things now, and uh, I get to I get to commentate on the team that I love. Uh, I don't love them quite so much today, as I normally do, but I get to commentate <laughs> on the... Uh, I, I get to commentate on the team I love week in, week out. Absolutely. We've not heard from Tom for a while on the podcast. He went down to Maidstone in midweek. They were playing Chippenham. And a bit like Dickie, he picked a nil-nil. It uh, didn't go quite so well. But he did catch up with the Chippenham boss, Mark Collier, after the game. I'm stood with uh, Chippenham Town manager, Mark Collier, after a hard-fought and grisly nil-nil uh, point away at Maidstone United. Uh, first off, given the distance on Tuesday night, given the weather conditions, are you happy with that result? Well, we're a little disappointed we haven't won the game to be perfectly honest. I think we've had the, you know, the better chances. Um, I know the, our keepers made a couple of saves, we'd expect that to happen away from home. Um, but yeah, you know, we had a tough game on Saturday, it haven't. Um, then to come here on the back of that, uh, as you say, logistically an absolute nightmare for us, traffic-wise, journey-wise. Um, would we have settled for a point before we got here? Yeah, I'm sure we would have done, to be absolutely perfect with you. And then, as you say, the conditions are very, very difficult. Um, good job is a 3G pitch, otherwise we not, might not even be playing. And, uh, but yeah, it's you know, stopped a little rock, because we've been in a little, little rock, um, not picked up many points of late, so it's a, it's a decent point for us. We wanted to go into the weekend where we have no game with, with something to show for it. So, yeah, you know, overall, when we get home tonight, I think we'll be happy with that. Um, looking at the form books coming into this, uh, Mason have only lost two of their last ten. They're in very good shape. However, you set up in a way that your organisation without the ball made it very, very difficult for them to penetrate. Sardi just scored four against Oxford. Was that part of your game plan? Yeah, it was. I thought we could be narrow and just flood the middle of midfield, and that's what we wanted to do. And, you know, they got good wide players, and we trusted our full-backs to cope with them, um, which we managed to do. So you can, they're always going to create chances because they're a good side, and this is the kind of pitch on a wet, slippery night we're going to make opportunities. But, you know, we were happy for that to happen we just thought if we could stem the flow of getting into the central striker and as I say flood that midfield then we'd make our own chances as well um, you know we didn't make that many chances we made Luke Hayne should score maybe David Pratt should score as well so we're disappointed we haven't got that but uh, yeah job done you know tactically we were spot on tonight and hopefully we're glad we've got something from it uh, we were treated to a, a battle of the veterans today between Chris Dabrowski and George Elikobi. Uh It was a physical tussle. 
What does it say about the non-league system at the moment that you've got players of that quality and experience playing in these matches? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gone on record in locally to say that you know this is the top table of non-league football because I think the conference is full-time. Um, you know, so the north and south there's a lot, a lot of full-time clubs in this. You know, we are just a small fish in this division. And let me tell you, um, but you know, it's great kind of against those kind of characters and John's still in the dugout and you know other league managers that have been in the league and and, and, and represented a big football club. So yeah, you know. We're punching above our weight currently. Um, are, are we underachieving? I think we are for this season. We started the season quite well. I'm a little mishap in form, um, but we've got good players, so you know we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be comfortable, and as I say, we'll, we'll look forward now to uh, pushing on. It's all about comfortable. Um, just look at the season as a whole. We've recorded two record finishes in a row, 13th in National League South. Um, what would represent the season of progress for you at Chippenham? Well, I think this is going to be the toughest season. I went on record again at the start of the season to say that. I thought this would be the biggest challenge for Chippenham Town Football Club. You know, had a budget cut at the start of the season for, for lots of different reasons, sponsors, etc., etc. Um, so, yeah, and there's some good sides have dropped down into this division. I think four came down from the National Conference, which is unusual. All four suddenly came into the South. So that strengthened things up. And some very big sides came up. Weymouth are a big football club as well. So, yeah, you know, we, we are one of the smaller clubs. A good season for us would be the same as last year, really. You know, if we could... End 13th, 14th, that'll be, we'd be very, very pleased with that. But you know, we need to get ourselves, as a lot of managers say, at this level to 50 points and then we'll see where we can take it. But uh, we're enjoying life, and so we should. You know, it's our third year, we're slowly establishing ourselves, and uh, you know, long may that continue. I do. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks very much for your time. And that was Mark Collier and, and Scotty. They're a funny side chipping, and we mentioned them last week in our roundup in that they're down near the bottom, but they don't score many, but they've hardly conceded any. They've conceded the least of the bottom half teams, and it, but they seem to draw a lot. Yeah, they're our bogey side, so until um, last month, we'd never beaten Chippenham. Um, I think I've played them six times, and it's a difficult place to go. No one was going there, uh, to be really honest. They've spent a bit on the pitch, um, so that's improved. Uh, but what they have got is just a well-drilled side. Um, we managed to beat them 3-0 uh, last month. Boys put in a really good performance. I didn't play that day, I got left out. So, um, yeah, no, they obviously got a great result, but for me... Um, they beat us in the FA Cup, and that was that was heartbreaking because I thought that we had an opportunity to, if we won that one, we'd have played Whiteleaf in the next round. Um, so it was a good opportunity to go and have a good good game um, against the lower league side. But yeah, they've got they've got some good talent up there. Um, some young players on loan. They've got a lad on loan from the who I like the look of. I think his name's Whelan. Um, he's a very very good player. Um, but like you say, yeah, the, the, the conference itself, anyone can beat anyone. I know it's so cliche. Uh, but it's very, very tight. Obviously, the league, I don't think there's many points between um, sort of relegation zone to the, to the playoffs. So, yeah, it'll be interesting um, from now to the end of the season, that's for sure. I think it's only fair to come to Scotty. What a season your boys are having, Slough. Second place. A um, little bit of a gap up to Wilston. You'll be looking to shoot them down as well, no doubt. But the boys are flying at Slough. Yeah, yeah, we're um, just an honest bunch, a hard-working bunch. Um, we lost our first three games of the season and I remember sort of speaking um, with Unders at one point and just said, listen, it will turn. I said, because the way that um, we do approach games, we know that if you work hard, you give yourself an opportunity or you give yourself a chance. And uh, after the first three games, we sort of sat there looking at each other, the whole squad, thinking, like, what is going on? But the three games that we lost were all individual errors. Um, I made one myself in one of the games. And um, since then, I think we've gone on to um, accumulate a hell of a lot of points in a short period of time. Um, I think we won like eight or nine in a row at some point in the league. Um, so for us, yeah, it was it was a hell of a um, hell of a sort of 
September, October, November. Um, we've got Wheelstone in a doubleheader over Christmas, um, Boxing Day and New Year. So there's obviously six points up for grabs then. Um, and it could be a season-defining moment for them and for us because if they were to get six points, um, the gap would be too big to close. Um, but we fully back ourselves, we believe in ourselves and I think we'll, uh, there'll be two good games over Christmas and it could be um, it could be a sort of uh, spring in our step hopefully to go on to the end of the season and have a good, uh, good finish. And Scotty, what about yourself? Obviously the years have been kind to you, you're still going, um, but you, you, you bounce back at this level, now you're right up the business end of it as well and trying to uh, marry that up with um, you know a a job that I know you love, travelling all around the country, uh, giving talks on uh, yeah, you know, it's, gambling it's and stuff like that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I was a bit lost at the end of last season. I, I left Slough stupidly um, and I went to Kingstonian and ended up at Harlow and got relegated from the league below the conference south. So um, in the summer, I was a little bit lost. I didn't know where I was going. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, Neil Baker rang me and he said, listen, uh, would you like to come back? And I jumped at the opportunity. Um because I love my football like no one likes like, loves football more than I do in the league and I promise you that now and um, without it it's not going well I really do struggle um, because it's my release it's what I look forward to um, but when he gave me the opportunity to come back I didn't realise how much I'd missed the place um, because it is a good club uh, good people the lads are great um, and not only that we get a good fan base as well so um, it makes a difference playing in front of an atmosphere uh, when I was at Oxford City we were sort of getting 250 fans a week and you can make a mistake and there's no one smoking at you and you kind of get a little bit sloppy um, I think fans obviously add to the game so much that you're sort of not fighting to make mistakes but if you do make a mistake and the fans get on your back then you want to make sure you put it right next time um, and I think that's where they play a massive part because I realise now that playing in front of an atmosphere is, is why we do what we do um, and it makes it so much more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, Scotty, I'm sure that you have got the contacts in football now. If anybody has got them, it's you. Because uh, not only of all those players you've played with and against over the years, but all of those that you're meeting in, in your current job as well. Yeah, obviously I meet loads. Um, swings and roundabouts, sort of um, players I haven't seen for maybe five or six years, old teammates that I've not seen for a long time as well. Um, but it's like you say, my my job now is going around and talking about my life experiences with gambling, um, and then players come to me if they need help. Um, it's so rewarding. Uh, my phone is literally non-stop, not just from people for, uh, in the football world, but people on social media are reaching out as well, whether it be bricklayers or plumbers, taxi drivers, um, kids at university. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people that reach out and just try and ask for help, and I think it's so important, obviously, to um, spread the message get it out there and just get people speaking because like you say as young men or men in general we don't really talk about our problems and uh, it's so important we give sort of people the opportunity to um, to sort of get things off their chest and uh, for me yeah it's hugely rewarding and I'm very very grateful that I've got a job like I have Well if you're listening to this podcast and that's touched a nerve for you uh, whether you're a player or a fan um, Scotty will be tagged in on this um, tweet that goes out with the podcast link. He may not be able to help you personally, but he's certainly better put you in the right direction, won't you, Scotty, if, uh, if anybody does get in touch? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, um, I'm always on the road as well. I've got a lot of time to talk. I'm always making phone calls in the car. And I think talking's the best medicine at times. Um, 
in terms of just getting things off your chest and not bottling it up inside. Um, it's like you say, I've met a lot of people over the last few years doing this job where they look like the picture of health and wealth, um, but deep down inside they're struggling. So yeah, you just never know, um, and it's so important, uh, so important to speak. Brilliant. Well, that is it. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Scotty. Cheers, guys. All the best. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah, all the best. Great to speak to you always, uh, Scotty, and uh, have a good week, boys. Brill. Cheers, guys. I'll speak to you soon. And you as well, Dickie. Speak to you later. Cheers. Thanks very much indeed, Luke. Cheers. Nice one. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Give us a follow as well on Twitter, at NL Full Time. Until then, we'll see you all very soon.